welcome into the Underdog Sports Show. I'm along alongside my partner here, Vince Lobiondo. It's been a while, hasn't it's it, Vince? It's been a, it's been a little bit. It's good to be it, back, though. It's, it's it's great to be back. Uh, we've we're trying to get back into the flow of things. Uh, it's gonna to give it's you guys gonna the content you need. It's gonna be di- uh, difficult to get to get back into it, don't you think? No, no, yeah, I don't think so natural. either. I just said that to trick you to <laughs> to see if we're on the same page. But we have a lot to talk about. Oh, there's a lot. The last a time, whole lot. The last time we gathered, it was opening week. It was of, uh, it was the day after opening day. Okay, so, so it was a very different vibe than what's going on right now. Very different vibe. I was young, naive, <laughs> stupid, happy, optimistic, happy about the uh, the state of the Philadelphia Phillies, and now yeah. I'm I'm like a miserable fifty year old drunk construction worker that beats his wife. Wow. That's how I feel right now. I don't actually do that. I don't that's have a wife. That's how you feel, yeah. That's how I feel. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, like, think about it. What I'm trying to say is, before I get convicted of being a, whatever, it's <laughs> like polar opposite feelings, and that's not good for me. No. It's, it's not good. For the some, season went down the toilet very quickly. Rapidly. And, uh... It's kind of a shame that we weren't uh, doing the podcast throughout to discuss it weekly because now all this pent-up anger is going to come out today. Yeah, and it, it could get ugly fast. Oh, it could. It could get ugly very fast. And being an Irish person, it was very hard for me not to pick up a drink before we, came, before we gathered and did the <laughs> show. But I'm glad I didn't. Because the last thing we need is drunk, angry Seamus Yeah, right that's now. the last thing we need. That's the last I thing mean, we need. I mean, we would all love to see it, I'm sure, but... Well, we'll save it for a later date. Right, Seamus, why don't you... Let's get right into it. What... Talk, what do you want to talk about with the Phillies? Well, I mean, where do you even start? Where do you even start with this uh, disaster? Uh, I mean, you have a rotation that's completely non-existent. No. You have Aaron Nola, who's your best starter, who got off to an extremely shaky start, to say the least. Yeah, and he's he's getting better. He's getting back to what he was, but it's been a slow process. You know what it is? It's a little too little too late from him. Yeah, it's, it's not enough yet. No. And then you have uh, Jake Arrieta. Mr. I will pitch five bad starts in a row, and then I will have one decent start and throw the entire team under the bus. I think Jake Arrieta is the single biggest fraud that has put on the uniform, the Phillies uniform, in a, in a long time. I'm extremely pissed at myself because if you remember when we went to the Phillies game, we went to a game last year, you bought an Odubel Herrera. I guess we both made mistakes on this day because you bought an Odubel Herrera shirt, see? Yeah, that was and a bad I, I bought bad. a Jake Arrieta shirt, see? Yeah, I, I, that so, was a bad move. I don't know which one of us made the bigger mistake because on one hand we have a woman beater. Yeah. And on the other hand we have a horrible, horrible teammate and douchebag. I think the domestic abuser takes the cake he, on being the does, worst human being. But it was, a, it was a lose-lose. We, we both made some bad decisions that day. And, Absolutely. Uh, quite frankly, I would like a refund. Yeah, well, quite frankly, I would like one too. And if you're listening, Majestic Clubhouse Store, I would like my money back. And then, I mean, in the beginning of the year, you look at Nick Pavetta, who I think a lot of people thought was poised for a breakout year, and now he's in the pen. That's what everyone was saying coming into the season. Nick Pavetta's going to break out. People are talking about a Cy Young Award potential for this guy. I mean, uh... Jack Fritz from WIP, one of my favorite guys over there. Breakout Pavetta was his thing. You know, it still kind of is his thing. Yeah. And Jack, now, Jack Fritz, by the way, responsible for getting uh, Bryce Harper here. Exactly. So that's Single why handedly. You win some, you lose some. Yes, absolutely. But uh, Pavetta, he's been an under disappointment. I mean, he hasn't even pitched good in the pen. No, he hasn't pitched well at all in the pen. He's, 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 another, not, he's actually another fraud. He's not pitching good starting. He's not pitching good out of the pen. He's just not a good pitcher. He, he should probably just, like, think about a career change, in my opinion. He should be, he should <laughs> I mean, be something else. It's looking more and more like that. Uh, then you have uh, Vince Velasquez, who's Vinny been, Vilo, like, baby. I mean, like, he's, like, the most inconsistent. 
Yes. Because, like, he'll pitch well yeah. for a couple games and then pitch like shit, like throw 70 pitches in, like, two innings. Right. Well, I think the best example of of Vince Velasquez is he's got the potential. Remember that? I always go back to that game two years ago against the Padres when he struck out, like, 16 Padres or something yeah. like that during that day game. And it's like, okay, well, if he did that, the potential's there. And you see flashes of of goodness, of greatness yeah, it, it, from Vince. It but makes no sense because one week he's coming, in the, he's coming out of the pen and then the next week he's – like our second best pitcher, he's far too inconsistent, and and honestly, I don't think he deserves. And in a, some games, a he's making uh, making great plays in left field. Yeah, how about that? How about Vinny Velo in left field? He should stay out there, uh, stay away from the pitching mound. They were saying some people were saying they think that gave him some confidence on his next start because it's actually a pretty good start. I mean, I could see it. I could see why people said that, but still, I mean, this this let's get back to the core. Uh, point of this is their rotation is absolute yep. garbage. And they did almost nothing to fix out of the deadline. Well, they didn't do anything in the offseason either. Klentak built a team strictly designed to be an offensive powerhouse, but, but, but totally forgot that in order to win baseball games over a 162-game season, you need starting pitching depth. And you need depth in the, ro- in the uh, bullpen too. And he did nothing to address that. But I mean, the crazy thing about it is... You know, we're talking about how bad the rotation is and how, you know, Klintak built this team to be an offensive powerhouse. They're nowhere close to being an offensive and, powerhouse. And they're not. They're not at all. They, they have utterly underperformed to the point where it's embarrassing offensively this year. And they, everything has gone wrong on the offensive I mean, side. like, we're not playing good offensively. Our rotation's not there. Like, Listen, when you, play, when you pay Bryce Harper, I forget what they paid, but it was a lot of money. Something in, like, the $300 million range. When you give him a contract like that and uh, the amount of money that they did for him to be hitting 249 when the season's almost over, I mean, that's a disgrace. It just shouldn't be happening. I mean, and you look at the series we're currently in right now with uh, the Giants. I mean, we won the one game, we scored nine runs. But besides that, a 5-0 loss and a 3-1 loss. Absolutely anemic. More so in the 3-1 loss, like, again, Vince Velasquez takes the loss there. But, I mean, he only let up three runs, which isn't horrible. No, I mean, I mean you, you should some, be you able to run support. A good team will win a game that their starter only allows three earned runs. I mean, a good team will come back and win right. that game. The Phillies are not a good team. The, the down part of the season for me, the worst part, has been any time we play the Braves. Because it seems like any time we play the Braves, they just, just beat the shit out of us. So, like, that's probably been the worst part of the season for me, has just been having to watch – us play our division rivals because I mean look at the friggin' besides the Braves who who I mean I guess that a lot of people did think they would still be really good I thought Pat we Doyle gonna, thought so I thought we were gonna be way better than them but so did I. look at the Nationals the Nationals all of a sudden got hot they went on this run and now they're ahead of us in the standings if you can believe it I the mean, Phillies as we speak right now player. as we speak right now the Phillies are in fourth place in the National League Eastern dude, Division dude the Mets are ahead of us and the Mets were a fucking laughing stock all of a sudden a the, all of a sudden the Mets and the Nationals get hot at the same time and they they powered past us in the standings and to me that's a disgrace it's an indictment on the entire Philadelphia Phillies organization starting with the front office somebody has to answer for this so what I'm do you serious. do? What do you do? If I don't you, know uh, what to if do. You're making the decisions. I have no idea what I would do, but I'm telling you, there's something going on in that front office where they're either complacent with uh, mediocrity, or, or they just don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think Klentak needs to do something. And I don't know how this works. I don't know if Andy McPhail's in charge of uh, uh, Klentak's situation, but he just got a two-year yeah. contract. 
So I don't think Klentak's going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, even like you know, you said that Klentak built this uh, built this roster to be an offensive juggernaut. That's fair enough. So that's why he didn't focus on the pitching as much in the offseason, right? But as the year goes on and you see that this team is not an offensive juggernaut, I don't see how you don't try to make more moves at the deadline. They didn't. You, they didn't do anything that would. Because at that point. At the deadline, we knew what this team was. It was not the offensive juggernaut we thought it was, and we need pitching. So I don't see how you don't make more moves knowing what you know at that point. I agree with you. And the Mets, the Mets of all organizations, were more aggressive at the trade deadline than the Phillies. They went out there and they got Marcus Stroman. Right. I mean, the first two months of the season, the Mets were a laughing stock. I, I we were just, making we were making fun of the Mets. I just don't get it, man. I, I really don't understand it. it. It's really it's really sad. And I said on Twitter yesterday, I said, the Phillies this season let the entire city down. They, they did. Yeah. They, they let the entire city down. It's, it's a disgrace. And I don't, know, I don't know what's going on with Gabe Kapler. I mean, to me, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, he, he's, the head of the, he's the head of the ship here. Yeah. I mean, like I said to you, uh, I heard this on the, the High Hopes podcast, uh, Fritz and Seltzer, and they made a great point. Uh, the Phillies, like I said this to you, they, uh, they haven't had eyes on them. No one's really cared since, like, 2011, probably. Yeah. Because, you know, this town has a lot of fringe baseball fans. But, Absolutely. Uh, with, the, with the signings they made this offseason, it seemed like the fringe fans were back. You know, the, the place was packed. Absolutely. O- opening week and even, like, a month into the season. All eyes were on the Phillies in this city. The city looked like it was ready to take the turn back into a baseball town, right? And the Phillies completely fumbled, fumbled it. They totally they fumbled, fumbled the opportunity to get this city back because here we stand and people are more excited about the first preseason football game than they are about the Phillies who are in a wild card race. And you know what? People could care less about the Phillies right now. It's, it's, it's really right now it's football season, and that's where every Philadelphia sports exactly. fan's focus is right now. And guess what? It's I don't blame fault. them. I don't blame them. It's, it's the Phillies' fault. This, uh, this team could be a lot better than they are, and if they were in a true playoff hunt, I know the wild card, but – Phillies are one and a half games back of a, of a wild card, it, it, but I mean, teams should be a lot better than they are. It, I mean, they, they should be a lot better. They were utter no disappointment. Bryce Harper should just be breaking into the twenty home run club in August and hitting two forty nine. Reese Hoskins has stunk over these last. He's got the long ball this last him, month. I mean, that's about it. Gene Segura has been so spotty, terrible on defense. I mean, Franco just got sent down after an amazing start to the year. Franco, who's third on the team in home runs with fifteen gets uh, sent down to triple A. And I'll, I'll tell you what. He was the best eight-hole hitter in the league the first month, right? Uh, all I'm saying is I think that it's a personal thing with Franco. And the, uh, uh, Jim Salisbury has, said, has written articles that they, they've been wanting to part ways with Franco for a long time. I don't think we'll ever see Michael Franco in the majors again with the Phillies. I really don't. I think, I think his tenure with the Phillies is, is all but over. Yeah, That's, that's, like that's what it's looking like. Because why would they send him down at this point in the season? It, it's a total it, – I think it's just a sign that they're done. Yeah, officially with him. And listen, they have this guy in. in uh, I guess he's in Double A now. Alec. I mean, how the hell do you say his na- last name? Bomb. Boom. Boom. Whatever. Something like that. Whatever the hell it is. I mean, he's, and he is absolutely tearing it up down there. And he's going to be the opening day third baseman next year. He'll be here. He'll yeah. be here. So I mean, there's no room for Franco at this point. But yeah. still, the guy's got. He's a power threat off the bench. I'd rather rely on him off the bench than Sean Rodriguez, if I'm going to <laughs> yeah. be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, look at Cesar. He's been up and down. Not Cesar's like... been up and down, but he'll still give you the batting average. He's still hitting 275. I mean, a lot of people hate Cesar Hernandez, but listen, if let's go back to Franco for a second. 
If you wanted to get rid of Michael Franco, he's still young enough where they, he can get you some prospects if you package him in a deal with, say, Cesar Hernandez, another guy that they were trying to move on from. It. And um, I, I just don't get why Klintak didn't offer any team a, a Franco Hernandez right. package if you, to get starting pitching depth. If you, if you don't want Franco, there's no way you couldn't get something. He's wasting time. He's just wasting space in the minor leagues right now. There's no need for him to be in the minor leagues. He's a major league baseball player. He's 26 years old. Yeah, so, I mean, the guy's got value. He's got age on his side. He's still young. He still has a ceiling. I I just don't don't understand it. He's got the makeup to be a, you know, he's got power. Um, Kingery's been up and down. Uh, For a while, he was, like, our best player. But what I don't understand. crazy. I think the Phillies organization did Scott Kinger a terrible disservice Moving him around. Oh, making, he's been moved making, around more than anyone. Making him a super utility player when his his natural position is second base. These guys did. These right. people did the same thing with Reese Hoskins. They threw Hoskins in left field because they signed Carlos Santana. Hoskins was a disaster in left field. Santana still was a boss. Like, bro, thinking back on it, it's actually I still can't believe Reese Hoskins was in left field. Like he, I mean, like not that he's the best first baseman, but it's just that's clearly where he belongs. I mean, belongs. clearly, I mean, clear, and and that it's, was that was another thing that you got to look back and question the uh, thinking of the front office. It's like they go out and they get Santana, but for what? Hoskins is your first baseman, and that turned out. Was, I know I was a Santana guy because I liked the potential. And now Santana is fucking starting first baseman in the All Star game, and and I thought that he was going to do that with the Phillies last year. It didn't work out it's that insane. way. Look at JP Crawford too. J.P. Crawford. He's playing pretty freaking good. I mean, he made one of the best. Plays. I was just about to say, he made one of the best throws I've seen all year. That was one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, ever seen. I mean, that kid's got a hell of an arm. But I mean, I don't know, man. This Corey Dickerson's been raking. I mean, that was a good move. That was a good move. That was a pretty decent move. But, but it's like a little too little too late. Jay I think. Bruce was playing pretty good at first, but he's been dealing with injuries. Now, one problem I have is now, but he got called back up from uh, the minors, or not the minors. He got called back up from the ten day. List. Injured and, list now. Yeah, and uh, Hazley got sent down to the minors. The hottest hitter in the, on the team. Now, since then, Bruce got hurt again, so Hazley's come back up. Right. But why Why him? Why send him down? He's one of the hottest hitters on the uh, team. Because, quite frankly, I, I, I think that the front office is incompetent. I mean, who's making these decisions? Who's making these decisions? They, they must not know anything about baseball. Clearly, because Hazley is one of the best hitters on the team at the moment. You send a guy with 15 home runs who's been a vet, who's... Franco's a veteran player now. He's been around. He's been around the block for a while. Yeah. You send him down to the minors for what? You, you send Adam Hazley down, who's literally the hottest hitter on the team. Who's for making what? these decisions? I, I don't have know. No idea, I don't know. That's again. You know, it's on everyone. There's a little bit to blame on everyone because there's no way that you can't blame the players just as much as you blame the front office and blame Gabe. Sure, they're the ones that are going out there. They're the ones going out there every day and putting a, a not so hot product on the field for us to watch. Exactly. I don't know, man. Bryce Harper's hitting two forty nine. I mean, there's only so much Gabe can do about that. Well, yeah, I mean, people are a little too aggressive in this city about the whole fire Gabe thing because, listen. What more can he do? At, at the end of the day, a manager can't control how how right, Bryce I mean, Harper's going to have a two fifty average. I mean, that's not that's not the manager's fault. That's Harper's fault. Right, I mean. And there's only so much. I feel much, like Gabe does the best with what he's got. And Yeah, and there's only so much influence, in my opinion, no, I'm not a, like a hitting huge, coach can have. Right, I'm not like a huge Gabe defender, but at the end of the day, it's like there's only so much the guy can do. Well, there's like, people that are blame, they're placing the blame solely on Cap. I'm going to defend this team no matter, you know, who's at the helm sure. as manager, but I feel like Gabe right now seems like he's fine. 
I mean, it's not, not his fault. Listen, he's not the greatest manager. But like no, he's not the but, greatest but manager. But like you said, he, he wasn't given much. When you, when you, when you look at exactly. starting pitching, when you look at bullpen, he, they didn't Still give him anything. Still hasn't been given anything. They didn't give him anything, dude. So, I mean, it's hard to manage a team that, that has just absolutely right, I mean, There's only no so much he can pitching. do about Aaron Nola shitting the bed for the first right. three months of the season. Right. And I don't know, man. I, I just think the majority of the blame, in my opinion, is going to Klentak and McPhail because – they didn't really give them a, uh, a lot to work with, especially with pitching. And pitching, obviously, is important in this game. And again, um, we were talking about this. I, I'm not going to attribute the whole downfall cause, um, to one player not being here. No. But it seems very weird that this all started right after uh, McCutcheon's injury. When, Min- when McCutcheon went down, that was it. The s- he was like the soul of the team. Yeah, he was a leader. Did you see that tweet? <laughs> Somebody tweeted they were listening to WIP, and a caller came in and said, Fire Kapler and make Andrew McCutcheon the manager. How would that even work? Isn't he, <laughs> I don't isn't know. he under contract as a player? But, but this is how desperate these people are getting. Um, well, the, the callers, which I understand. Callers on Sports Talk Radio are sometimes just ridiculous. Especially in this city. It's like they're smoking crack under the L. Which probably <laughs> some of them are. But, but McCutcheon was like the heart and soul of the team. And I feel like once he got hurt, it just... The spiral, the season spiraled. Yeah, that was kind of like when you look back at that play. Uh, now, might it have happened even if he didn't get injured? Probably, but it's just I don't know, man. There's there's certain uh, intangibles that that guy brings to a clubhouse, man. Just look at the time, look at the the years he was with uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, the, everyone in that clubhouse will tell you he yeah. was he was the leader. Which is crazy because you know we expected the veteran leadership out of him. Little did I think that he would be one of our best players I, this I season. But it was before a, he got hurt. It was a pleasant surprise because he did show flashes of MVP McCutcheon. I mean, his base running was elite. Yep, uh, he was hitting pretty well. He was hitting the long ball too. I mean, shit, he led the friggin' he led the season off with a homer. With a homer, yeah, that was like his uh, welcome to Philadelphia. And I mean, was... since then we haven't been able to find a reliable leadoff hitter. No. No, not I mean, at all. Bryce is leading off at the moment. Like, I mean, what? That, that's that just that's insane. I mean, I guess at this point, Gabe is just trying to do whatever he can to figure out something to get this team going. So yeah. he said, "Shit, we'll just throw Brace in it. You got to lead off. You got to try, try to, something. You got to experiment." But with McCutcheon was the, supposed to be the leadoff hitter of this team. Absolutely. And what somebody else on Twitter pointed out to me is, if Sean Rodriguez is hitting fifth or sixth at any point during your season, you Wrap know you're up. in trouble. Wrap it up. You know you're in trouble. So Sean Rodriguez is in your lineup. In, yeah, in those I mean, cases. I mean, the guy is a utility player, bat off the bench. But when he's starting every night, batting fifth and sixth as he was for a period of time, I mean, you're in some serious uh, trouble. So Seamus, what what do you what do you think is going to happen with the rest of the season? Like, where do you think that at this given moment, where do the Phillies end up? Ba- based on what I'm seeing, yeah, they're going to end up in fourth place in the division. Based no on what I'm seeing so far, barring uh, they go on a run, which they have enough talent to go on a run. But quite can't. frankly, I don't think they have enough um, uh, pitching for them to make a sustainable run. Like meaning, like I don't think they're going to be able to go on a long run that pivots them. Uh, certainly not to win the division, but even the wild card. I mean, I, I I don't know. I know they're only a game and a half back, but these one game playoffs are tricky. It's something that I'm against in baseball. There's there's no room for one game playoffs in in major league baseball. It's it's a serious sport. But yeah. Uh, based on what I'm seeing now, I don't. I don't think that they're going to be any better than a fourth place team, which is crazy. It's just crazy to me because you know, even if you want to say the Braves are better than us, whatever. The fact that the Nationals are about to be above us after losing Bryce, and I have no we'll reason never, to believe we will never hear the end of it. I have no reason to believe the Mets or the Nationals are going to slow down. I mean, there's no evidence. The to, Mets are on like what a seven game win streak. The Mets are probably the hottest team in baseball right now. 
Either them or the Houston Astros. No, the Astros. I mean, the that's Astros going without saying. I think I think when they made um, talk about the exact opposite of a Matt Klintak, what uh, I think his name's Preller. What AJ Preller, the Houston GM, did. Maybe it's not Preller. I forget who it is. But anyway, acquiring Zach Greinke. When when he, I mean, there was absolutely nothing going on at the deadline. Just you know, some big moves, but that was just the. And I think Rosenthal reported it at like like right be either right before the deadline or like a couple minutes after, and I was like, boom. There's always like. There's always that one move that kind of shocks everybody, but it's a game changer, and that's yeah. Granky going to Houston. I mean, their rotation, man. I mean, that that uh, absolutely unstoppable, unhittable. Are they your favorites to win right yeah. now? I, I think so. I think I think if Houston doesn't raise another banner, something has gone terribly wrong. It's either them or it's got to be them or the Yankees and yep. out of the AL at this point. Unless, well, New York, uh, New York's tricky though because I mean their offense is hit or miss too. They got to get healthy too. And they got to get healthy. They're they're injured I feel like a lot. every week. Another Yankee star goes, goes to, the, down. to yeah. the injured list. Yeah, uh, so so that's their problem this year is health. But it, but it looks like uh, uh, Houston's going to at least win the pennant, and then and then you have to think about the National League. I think the Dodgers are surely going to go to the World Series this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be Houston and L.A., and that is going to be a good series. That that if that happens, that will be a good series. But you? I st- I still think Houston pulls it off. Yeah. Even though the Dodgers are in such a drought. I mean, it's been since, what, 88? Something like that? Since the 80s. Crazy. Since, since the Dodgers actually won. They've been there, but they haven't been able to pull it off. Houston won not too long ago. But um, who do you uh, who do you think gets the NL MVP oh, that's at a, this point in time? Yellow or Bellinger? That's a tough one. I, I, I mean, I, AL, we don't have to debate. Well, we, AL, we all there's, know who's there's, win. there's no question in the American League. But in the night, well, they're... Uh, Mike Trout's running away with that. I, I don't know. I mean... Trout probably is going to win. I mean, I would say that that's a pretty definite at this point. He's having one of his best seasons. Which is scary to think about because he hasn't even, like, really hit his prime yet. I mean, how old is he again? Like, 20... 26, 20, isn't he? 27? Something like that? I don't know, but he's still young he's enough. in that range, and that for baseball, that's pretty young. Yeah, I mean, he's entering his prime. But um, I, I think... I think... I don't know, man, but... Yelich was really like going off, but so was Bellinger. That's going to be tough, man. I wish they could do co MVPs, but I know they won't. I mean, yeah, they've been going back and forth just both. But I know if if, if they do if they did did that, this would be the year for a co MVP in the National League. See, like, yeah, they both deserve it, but we all want to know who who's going to get it. But I mean, Mike Trout, like we were just talking about, when you look at his his season so far, thirty nine homers, ninety two RBIs, he's hitting two ninety nine. 190 on base. That's 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 really insanity. Like, look at those look at those numbers. That, that's insanity to me. I mean, this guy is so talented, and it's it's a shame that he'll never put on a Phillies uniform. It's a shame that he'll probably never raise a trophy. No, he'll never raise a trophy if he stays with the Angels. Which I mean, he's locked up. Now, some people are conspiracy theorists about this, and they think that it's the Angels front office wanting to get a huge package for trading a contract. But I don't know, man. I, I, I think the reality of the situation is Mike Trout wants to stay out there. He's comfortable there. He's settled. He likes it out west. He likes that lifestyle. He's not a flashy guy. He doesn't want to be a Yankee. Clearly, I don't think he wants to be a, a Philadelphia Philly either. But, I mean, that guy, if he wants to sacrifice rings for that, more power to him. Yeah, I guess he's just a loyal guy. Can't hate it. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, it's like you can't win in these this day and age in, in pretty much any of the major league sports. Uh if Mike Trout were to leave the Angels, right, and go to, like, let's just say the Yankees on, like, a cheaper deal, yeah. people would say he's ring-chasing. Right. 
But now he's going to take the big money and stay with his team that isn't that great. Now he's chasing money. And now he's chasing money. Yeah, now he's So it's like, where is the the balance? Because either he stays loyal and takes the money and he's just – all he cares about is money, doesn't care about winning. Or he takes a cheaper deal to go to a good team like the Yankees and then he's ring chasing. Right. So, I mean, if you're Mike Trout, you can't win. It's a lose-lose. Someone is going to find a reason to hate on you no matter what. Yeah, I mean that's just, but that again, that's just part of that's part of the game. That's part of what they signed up for. But still, I mean, it's not fair. But it, it, he's making so much money, and and you know what? But you know what the thing about Mike Trout is, and and I think, I think it's it's the opposite of of Bryce Harper's attitude. To me, Mike Trout loves this, loves the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. You could tell that he loves it. He he loves it. And Bryce Harper, when you watch him this season, it's like, I mean, does he have the same passion as Mike Trout? I don't think so. When he's going, it looks like like uh, the other night when he hit that homer and then pointed to that the guy great. chanting. That was great. That's great content. Right. That's there. one of my favorite moments of the season. Probably. I mean, I mean, there's not many to pick from. I was going to say there's, there's not a lot of highlights. There's not a lot after the first month. What have we had to really celebrate? Yeah, that video yearbook shouldn't even be made this year. So I mean, yeah, that probably would be the best moment of the season so far. Yeah. I mean, McCutcheon's leadoff homers up there. Oh, that, that was, was amazing. That was tremendous. I mean, friggin' Bryce just needs to get on a run, man. He's the, the other night he crushed two homers. You gotta build off that, yeah, man. Yeah, build off that. Just keep going, man. I mean, we need more of that. That's what we signed up for, man. So I know Harper, you're listening. We we do love you, but we need you to get it going, man. Bryce, you're gonna be here for 13 years, but uh, let's let, let's get some urgency. Yeah, let's get some urgency, man. I mean, you came here to win rings. This Hopefully. goes for you. That that's not just for him. That goes no. for the front office too. Yeah, we need some urgency. We want to win now. It goes for Gene Segura, who hustles every th- five games. I, what the hell's been going Be on? Be more his, consistent. His fielding has just been absurd. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he makes an error every game. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him either. But he's a guy that's really a singles hitter, and that's basically it. Yeah. So he's going to have a high average. But I thought his defense was going to be a lot better, though. It hasn't been at all. No. But there's a lot to figure out with this team. This team, I mean, I could talk about this team for hours because there's so many problems. But I don't like talking about the problems. I wish we were talking about how they were running away with the division, how they were on their way to uh, to a World Series championship. Because I really thought that it's they crazy, should. Man. I think, really thought that they were going to pull their shit together and win one the, for uh, David back Montgomery. Thinking back to the last episode, man, how different people we were. We were so optimistic. Yeah. We were so happy. It's like we're. I, I, I'm depressed about the Phillies. The Phillies have taken that optimism we had. Crushed it up in a little ball. But, you know what? Incinerated it. You know what? The Philadelphia Eagles are coming. Yeah, we're going to talk about them in a little bit. And uh, and that's something to be optimistic about. And the city is. Like I said, dude, I mean, the Phillies had their chance to take this city back, and they fumbled it, and now people are more excited about preseason football than the Phillies in a race to possibly make the playoffs. It's a shame. And the reason is because they shouldn't be in a race to possibly make the playoffs. They should be in a position where they're going to win the division. Oh, yeah. they Easily. Easily. But... They shit the bed. These fringe, again, the fringe fans, you know, nothing against them, whatever. You might just not be that big of baseball fans, but they're not watching the Phillies no. to, uh, to, to hope that we possibly make a wild card. No. They want to see us dominate and win the division, Yeah, which is what we were kind of all expecting. And then you got freaks like me who, who will be more than happy with a wild card berth. Well, yeah, of course. I'll be happy but, anyway we make the playoffs. But uh, understood that it's not. It's still a disappointment. It's a total disappointment. It's not what I wanted. No. I'm still going to be happy if we make the playoffs, which at this point isn't even looking like that's going to happen. I mean, that's. I mean, we're a fourth place team. And <laughs> Who would have thought? My, uh, Miami, obviously, is what they are. But, I mean, come on, dude. We're a lot better than this. Who would have thought? At least I thought. Uh, I would have never 
never guessed that this is where we'd be at this point. No, I really wouldn't have. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't have guessed that by mid-August we'd be sitting behind the Nationals and Mets. I mean, Dude, I mean it's Met- really it's a hard said it, this is the third time I said it on the show so far. The Mets were the Mets were a laughing stock a month ago. They always are a laughing stock. We I mean, making fun of them. They're still a laughing stock because they're still the Mets, and they'll always be a laughing stock. But but I mean, they're playing very good baseball right now. Yeah, a lot. They have their shit together more than the Phillies do, and they have a manager who's kind of a clown too. You know, yeah. so they, there's a lot of New York fans that want him gone too. Yeah. All right. So Seamus, is there anything else you want to say about the Phillies I, I to just, wrap this up? Honestly. Because I've had enough of the it's, depression. I've had enough, too. It, it's been a disappointing season. I hope and pray that we go on a run and that we end up overtaking the Braves in the division, although my senses are telling me that that's not going to happen. Yeah. But you know what? I'm st- there's still some games to be played, and hopefully they finish the year strong and at least have some momentum going into next season. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can really Maybe if we can get Maybe if, if we can get a playoff uh, game in there, Aaron Nola can get a a wild card playoff game under his belt, and that would be good. That would be one positive. That would be a positive. So hopefully we can just hope for just the, this team to just come together and show some grit and go on one last run and just try to I hope make they, the I hope, I hope they can do it. And uh, if not, I, well, either way, even if they do go on a run, uh, the, uh, the front office has some serious um, – Issues that need to be addressed. A lot of things to figure out this offseason. This offseason is going to be interesting. It's an absolutely brutal, brutal free agent class. But, I mean... We locked up our big fish last offseason. We got the big fish, but we need... To, we it's need time to just get them role players in there. And we, need, we need some starters. Build a deep roster. Yep. We've got our stars. We know we got... We're top-heavy top at the moment. You should have it. That should be a decent core of Real Muto, Harper, Segura. Uh, I'll include them in that core. Kingery, Hoskins. I mean, those are core guys. Yeah, Nola. Those are core guys that you can build around. And I think Klentak in the offseason needs to go out and pretty much solidify the the roster so this doesn't happen again. But that's it. That's all I have. All right. So it it sounds like we can uh, transition from being pessimistic to being optimistic. Overly optimistic. Let's, Let's talk a little bit about those Philadelphia Eagles. Best offense in the uh, NFC on paper? Uh, I'd say the best team in the NFC on paper. Right. I, mean, I don't want to sound overly optimistic here, but let's just be real. I am overly optimistic. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm the same way about the um, I mean, people let's, – let's talk about the issues, the thing that has been talked about the last week after that preseason game. Yep. First of all, preseason doesn't matter. I don't care if we get blown out every preseason game because Carson Wentz will not touch the field in this preseason. Most of our starters will not touch the field in this preseason. Preseason means nothing to me. I actually despise the NFL preseason because while it is a good chance to uh, figure out, you know, what rookies are going to make the roster and what fringe players are going to make the roster, all it does is bring injuries. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's, it's pointless. Now, speaking of injuries, Nate Sudfeld went down with a broken wrist in the uh, first preseason let's game. Let's pour one out for Nate and, Sudfeld. Uh, well, he's going to be back by The Eagles uh, will never be week, the same. He'll be back by week four. All right. right. They said he'll be back by week four. And there were still people on Sports Talk Radio talking about how it's urgent that we get a backup right now because, uh, who is it, Cody Kessler is our backup at the moment. Let me tell you why it doesn't matter who our backup is. If Carson Wentz goes down, it doesn't matter who we fill in out of Sudfeld or Cody Kessler because neither one of them are going to lead us anywhere. And, yeah. this is, our season is riding on Carson Wentz's health. Plus, even if you do believe in Nate Sudfeld that much, that he is that much better than Cody Kessler, He'll be back by week four. I would expect 
most Eagles fans to at least have the faith that Carson Wentz can last five weeks healthy. I mean, come on. If you don't have that faith, then you should have wanted us to. Uh, you probably wanted us to keep Foles, which right, whatever. But I mean, I have faith that Carson Wentz can last the whole season. I've heard nothing but good things out of this camp. I have no reason to think that he can't last five weeks. I mean, that's that's the very least. I, I think Carson's going to play a full season this year. I mean, there's no reason to think that he won't. I mean, you look at his injury history, yeah, that's it's kind of disappointing. And Right, I mean... But, I mean, the, the guy's due for a full season. Last year, he was coming off of a torn ACL from 2017. He was out nine months, and he was playing on a bad back, and he still had the seventh best passer rating in the NFL. That tells you all you need to know about Carson Wentz. The last time we saw Carson Wentz fully healthy, he was the clear-cut MVP on a team that was going to finish first in the NFC. He's the reason why we were set up for that Super Bowl run. We got that home field advantage. We got that home field advantage because of Carson. You know, who knows what, again, you never know, who knows what Nick does in playoff road games as opposed to playoff home games. Right. That's a good point, too. But like you said, I think the whole I think people are totally overreacting about the whole backup quarterback situation. I mean, 100%. I mean, you got people going crazy on social media I, I to say like, sign, sign Colin Kaepernick. I, it's like I don't think they're that desperate. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I just don't think we need a backup in general at the moment. Cody Kessler, if he's got a backup for four weeks, I believe Carson can stay healthy for those four weeks. Like, I just feel like this. There's no reason to believe this that Carson city is always looking for something to panic about, yeah. something to complain about, yep. something to bitch about. But let me ask you something. Would you be in favor of uh, Kaepernick as a depth move? See, like, I don't care. If Colin Kaepernick, risk. Colin Kaepernick can prove himself to be the best option, then I have no reason to say n- that I don't want him. Because I don't give a shit about these, what people like to call off-the-field antics or whatever his political stance, and, but his it'll be a controversy. Dis- it'll be a distraction if he came into camp. Will it be a little bit of a distraction? Yeah. Possibly. It'll be a media if, disaster. If he if he proves himself to, to be worth it, then go ahead and sign him. I don't care. Sign whoever you think. If you really think you need a backup that bad, but which again I to, don't. But then going back to what you said, Sudfeld they say he's going to be back for week four. There's no reason to believe Carson Wentz can't make it at least four or five weeks into the season without right. getting injured. That's why I'm saying I'm on the stance that I don't think we need the rush to sign anyone. Just keep what we got. And even our third string. What the hell's his name? Cody Kessler. Kessler. Okay, even Cody Kessler. I mean, if you if you compare the two, Sudfeld's obviously the better quarterback. But but by how much? There's not that and, much distinction between right. third, third string QBs, which uh, that's at his heart what Sudfeld is. Right, and and me and you are both of the uh, understanding that if Carson Wentz goes down, neither uh, Nate Sudfeld nor Cody Kessler are bringing this team to the are, Super Bowl are going to do the same things that right. Carson Wentz can do, and that is to bring this team to the Super Bowl. So right. I, I think people are just overanalyzing that whole thing. But uh, let's just talk about the fact that this team—it's crazy to think this. This team is more talented than the team that won the Super Bowl. That's scary to think about. I mean, let's let's just break it down. You look at our offense. You, you said best offense in the NFC. You got Carson Wentz at QB, who, like I said last time we saw him healthy, was the clear-cut MVP. You look at our running back depth. We got Jordan Howard, who we added in the offseason, who was is a great pickup. He uh, Since uh, he got drafted, which I believe was in 2016 or 2015, he is third in the NFL in rushing yards behind Ezekiel Elliott and I believe Todd Gurley. That was He's, a great move. So that's a great move right there. Uh, then you got Miles Sanders, the rookie out of Penn State, who was amazing at Penn State, who a lot of the beat writers are saying looks like he's the best running back in camp. And then you got you brought Darren Sproles back. That's depth right there. And then you got your fourth spot, which will most likely be Corey Clement. I pray it's not Wendell Smallwood because that guy just 
He's terrible. He sucks. Dude. He's very. He's been on this team for so long, and he's given us nothing. Even though Corey Clement wasn't great last year, you look at 2017, he was buried on the depth chart, still put together a decent year, and he had 100 yards and a touchdown in the biggest game in the franchise's yeah, that, history. Yeah, people forget about that. That alone should solidify him over Wendell Smallwood. Absolutely. So there, there's your running back depth. Then you look at our wide receivers. You got Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, who I couldn't be more ecstatic, is back, Nelson Aguilar, uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who was a rookie that we just added, who was pretty good in college, and uh, Matt Collins. And that's without even talking about our tight ends, which are Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, the best tight end tandem in the NFL. I was going to say they're the best tandem in the NFL. I mean, look at all those Look at all those options Carson Wentz is going to have the third team. Yeah. That's more than he had in 2017. Offense is loaded. The offense is, is stacked. I mean, this is the, this is the first time he's going to have a real down-the-field threat in Deshaun Jackson. I mean, you've got a, our diversity of wide receivers crazier now because you have your big go-over-the-top guy in Alshon. You have your straight, vertical, deep threat, fast guy in Deshaun. And you have your kind of do-it-all, Swiss Army knife kind of receiver out of the slot in Nelson. And then Arcega Whiteside and Hollins, you know, coming and filling in wherever need be. That's pretty good. And then you got Zach Ertz, who is a reception machine. He's going to catch. He'll probably maybe lead the league in receptions again. His wife visited camp today. I love her. She's very beautiful. Zach, all respect to you. That I was going to say, we, the love of my life. we respect the relationship, but... Uh, you know. I love them. they got to be my favorite. Yeah, they, They're they, a power couple. They are a power couple. And then you got Dallas Goddard, who... He's looked great. He in went what off I, what we seen, Yeah, I mean, from what we've seen from him so far, he's looked very good. Uh, he was he was the probably the highlight of that preseason game. Oh, yeah. He was playing amazing. So that's the... And then you look at the offensive line, pretty much the same O-line as last year, except for... Uh, why can't I not think of the guy who we drafted? Dillard. I, th- I believe his name is Dillard. He's a very good uh, offensive tackle. Uh, Lane Johnson, I feel like he's going to be playing a ch- with a chip on his shoulder this year. Cause and some steroids in his veins. <laughs> no, I'm a lot of people have forgotten about how good this man is. He was left off the NFL's top 100 list. I feel like he's going to do for a good year. Jason Kelsey is Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey's the Brandon man. Brooks is Brandon. There's not much you can say about I'm so about glad this. Jason Kelsey didn't retire. Right. There's not much you can say about this Eagles offensive line that hasn't already been said. It's one of the most dominant units in the league, maybe only second to the Cowboys. There's no reason for them to not be able to go on a Super Bowl run. Right, so, I mean, that offense... Do you know how lucky we are, dude? Uh, it's, great. it's a great feeling. I mean, we're two years removed from a Super Bowl win. I know. Our, we're and poised we are. for another run. Here we are in our 20s, and uh, we might get another Super Bowl run. And then you, look at, uh, look at the, you flip it and look at the defense. I mean, our defensive line is... It's the best in the league. It's got to be. We had Malik Jackson this offseason, who is amazing. You still got Fletch. You still got... I believe we still have Timmy Jernigan. Uh, Derek Barnett, hopefully, he's going to come back healthy. Uh, Josh Sweat was another one of the highlights of that uh, preseason. He played he so looked very well. good. He's a good run run stopper off the edge. Uh, people were saying Chris Long might come in retirement. I, I've been be, reading about be interesting. that. I wonder if he will. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. You know, I love Chris Long. He's a leader. Uh, and then you look at uh, look at the linebackers. You got We added Zach Brown who is a good veteran, who is a good linebacker. Him great and, singer. <laughs> yeah, he's got great hits, such yeah. as, uh, you know, knee-deep. Knee-deep in the water. Nah, but uh, him and Nigel Bradham should be a good uh, tandem at linebacker. Yep. Plus, uh, then you got our D-backs, and our safeties are solid because you got Jenkins and McLeod. McLeod missed, like, all of last year. That was a horrible injury. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of injuries last year. McLeod was one of the first, and then the safety position just was up in the air after that because – Obviously, Jenkins is locking down one side of the field. Yeah. The other side of the field, we couldn't figure out who to put at safety. So hopefully, McLeod will keep his health this year. And him and him and Jenkins are one of the league's best safety tandems. And then at corner, corner is always where the questions come with the Eagles' defense. It always has been. 
Uh, hopefully this is the year that those doubts can be put to rest because we have a lot of depth at corner this year. I still believe in Jalen Mills. Which is rare in the NFL. Right. I still believe in Jalen Mills. Uh, once he can learn to stop biting on double moves, he will be one of the best corners on the roster. Probably Green Goblin? Best. I love the Green Goblin. I love his personality. Great personality. I, for the for the first two years of his uh, see, uh, career, I saw him making improvements each year. Last year was a little rough, but I still have faith in him. Uh, he gets a lot of flack by the fans. He does. and uh, it, Some of it's warranted. I get it. I, he could be better. I think that he's still pretty decent, and even if he's not great, like I said, we have depth. There, so then yeah. Sidney Jones, I'm not going to let one year throw me off of him. He was a rookie. He was coming off an injury. I still believe in him. He's got a I lot of I still believe in his talent. His he's, a good, he's a great athlete. Vontae Maddox, I think, will be the best corner on this team this year. Uh, you look at Rasul Douglas, who still has a lot of potential. Sure. And Ronald Darby, who, I mean, he I didn't didn't have a great, he didn't have a great year last that. year. But Is he's, he still he's a same proven... I, I believe so. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm not. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I forget. But uh, we brought him back, and he didn't have the greatest year last year. But he's a proven corner. He's a proven corner in this league. He's a uh, bat again. Too. That's a it's a solid unit on both sides of the ball. Um, and I don't see why this team can't win the Super Bowl this year. You want to go through uh, the schedule? Yeah, I ran down our schedule. Talk a little win losses. So, uh, week one at Washington, I got us with a win. I agree with that. I think that we're going to start off the year with a lot of energy. It's going to be. Like, you know, the, the, we're home. The link will be rocking. The home opener. The link's going to be rocking. It's the first game of the season, which is always fun. Next next week we got uh, Atlanta on the road. I think we're just a better team than Atlanta on both sides of the ball. So I got that as a win. Uh, next is Detroit at home, and I think that's an easy win. Detroit is a dumpster fire. Uh, then week four at Green Bay. This is one I teetered with back and forth. It's a tricky one because you start but, off with three straight wins. Right. Being on the road is what really – uh, made me think, and especially think, playing in Green Bay, it's right, not the easiest situation. Being at at Lambeau, that's never easy because no. it's a great place for you know it's a good home field advantage. Oh, the Packers always have might be one of the I best. I think we're a better team than Green Bay, so if it was at home, I would have been more sure of it. But I'm still gonna give us the win. That's a game that I wouldn't put it past us to like to for us to lose. Yeah, but yeah. I think that we're gonna win. It could go either way, but you have it down as a win. Right. Then you got home against the Jets. So at this point, we're four zero to start right. the season. I think we yeah we start off pretty hot. Uh, home against the Jets, I think it's a win. The Jets still haven't figured anything out. Jets are a disaster. At Minnesota, so this this is where it gets tricky. So six weeks six seven and eight we go on a three three game uh, road stretch. I think we win against Minnesota on the road. Then I think this is where we hit our first loss of the year. I think we lose at Dallas. We always split with Dallas, and I think if we're gonna lose one of our games to Dallas this year, it'll be in the middle of a three game road, road stretch trip, right. at Dallas. So. Yeah, I agree with that. I could see that being a loss. I would either go with, for me, I would either go with uh, Minnesota or Dallas, but but I think you're right because we always split with Dallas, like you said. So then uh, next week is uh, at Buffalo. I think that's a win. Yeah. Which, by the way, I wish that this game was in Philly because I cannot wait to see the tailgate between Bills Mafia and Uh, Eagles Nation. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Because that is two of the craziest fan. That is the two craziest fan bases in the NFL. Uh, I hope, I I hope it's here. more so love and not like <laughs> fighting and stuff like between the fan bases. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see some Eagles fans jumping through some tables with oh, some Bills yeah, fans. Me too. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be a great show. They are two of the craziest. So yeah, fan I base. wish it was in Philly, but you know, hopefully some Eagles fans will make the make the trip. Uh, up oh, I'm Buffalo. sure they will. Uh, so then we have Week Nine versus Chicago. This is where I get our second loss. Uh, I mean, again, I would love to give us all wins. We're due for some losses here. I think Chicago is a good team. Uh, again, you're just coming off that road stretch. You're home. 
I could see that being a loss. Uh, and one one loss at home, which is what I have us down for, a little spoiler, one loss at home is a pretty fucking good. Yeah, that's good that's pretty amazing. So week 10, you got our bye. And week 11, uh, we come back home against the New England Patriots. The first game we've played against them since the Super Bowl. Just a uh, heads up, I will be in attendance for this game. Yeah, hey, there you go. Me, uh, a couple other my friends. Underdog Sports will be in attendance. We will be in attendance, and I think that my presence will give the Eagles just a certain type of energy. There you go, will, man. Nah, I'm just kidding. Bro, you got to live up to it. I do think that we will win that game. Obviously, If they lose, you're every, not going to live that down. Every, I, if, I'm going to put this out there now. <laughs> it's on the podcast. If we lose this game, I will be 0-4. In Eagles games, and really? I am gonna highly consider never going to another yeah, game. Yeah, man, that's where you get to the point where it's like maybe I should not come. Right, it, it, it might it'll be a thought to cross. But my hopefully mind. it works out. But For uh, your sake. I think we're a better team than New England this year. Obviously, every year you want to pick against New England, and they just show it show it everyone up and say, yeah. "Oh, here we are. We're yeah. still the best team in the league." Yep. But uh, you can never really count them out. They lost Gronk uh, every year. Brady gets older. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they still have Belichick, so they're not. I think they're still going to be a good team. But I just think the Eagles, on paper, are easily the more talented yeah. team. Yeah, oh, I agree. With that. And barring any major injuries by week eleven, I don't see why we shouldn't beat. We them. should be able to beat New England. This is where we get on a little bit of a run, guys. After uh, after the bye for me, so we beat New England. I got week eleven or week twelve versus Seattle at home as a win. On the road against Miami as a win. Home against the Giants as a win. On the road against Washington as a win. Coming back home against Dallas, I take that as a win. And then at New York, the Giants for the last week, I take that as a loss because we'll probably be resting our starters. Yeah, I think that's pretty So if you haven't say. been keeping up, that's a 13-3 and record. We take two losses uh, before the bye, which is at week 10. So we lose week 9 and week 7. And then from week 11 to week 17, to week 16, we go on a... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six game Six-game winning, winning streak. Hey, that's a decent season if I've ever seen one. Thirteen and three, I think it's sustainable. I think that uh, maybe if someone told me twelve and four, I yeah. would be like, okay, I could see that. Sure. I think anything below twelve and four is just barring, you know, again, again, any significant all, injuries. Yeah. This is all going into the year as our team is completely healthy. Sure. Now, will any team stay completely healthy? No, but hopefully, I mean, last year was just absurd. Yeah, Everyone was, went down. That was ridiculous. But uh, thirteen and three, I could see twelve and four. Anything below that, I think, is just. A little bit pessimistic. Yeah, I mean that's crazy to call an eleven and five record pessimistic because right. most people would love that. But again, but the this talent team is so on this good team, on, yeah. on paper. And you have a couple hot takes. Uh, I got I got two written down here. Right. I'm probably going to try to think of another one. But uh, I think Carson Wentz will win the MVP this year, and he will throw forty plus touchdowns. I'm thinking in the forty five touchdown range. I love it. Again, barring his health, mm-hmm. he is one of the most talented quarterbacks in Absolutely. the league. We saw that uh, 2017, where he had 33 touchdowns. Before he went down in week, what did he go down? Week 13. Yeah. So, I mean, he could have added some more touchdowns on at the end of that year had he not gotten injured. He might have reached 40. He might have. That's what I'm saying. He, I, I wouldn't put it past him. There were still a couple more games to be played there. Sure. A couple more meaningful games. He's definitely got 40 touchdown uh, potential there. But his whole thing, like we said, it's his health. It's his health. And assume, I'm, 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 I'm going to be optimistic. Me I'm too. I'm going to assume he stays healthy here. Me too. I hope and pray. And then my second hot take is that Miles Sanders will lead the team in rushing yards. There you go. Again, a lot of the beat writers have said they think he looks like he's the best uh, running back on the roster. I've heard nothing but good things about him in camp. And I love Jordan Howard, obviously. I just think that Miles He's out of Penn State? Yeah, out of Penn State. That's pretty cool. Uh, uh, As long as Doug believes in him and gives him the carries that he should get, then yeah, I think he will lead the team in rushing yards. That would be amazing. 
Wouldn't that be something? Uh, we got a deep backfield, like I said. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other hot takes. I'm trying to think of what I think d is going to I was going to say, what about Deshaun? What's he going to do? What's he going to look like? What's his role going to be? You know he's his, the deep threat. His role's going to be the deep threat. I think yeah, but he, how often is he going to be uh, used? You think a lot? I think they're going to target him a good amount. I think I mean, so, too. When you need to take your shots, he's going to be your guy. He's going to be your guy that you take the shots They haven't to. really had uh, – who was their long man last year? Nelson. Even he's him. not really, He's not even a long man. He's not as fast as Deshaun – Sean's, so he's that. a total upgrade over him. Yeah. When it comes to and now you let Nelson go do what he's yeah. supposed to do. Be he is the Swiss Army knife guy where he can take the deep he's shots guy, if you need. He's a guy that could have a career year. Yes. He's that guy that he could take the deep shots if you need. He is a good he he's over the top. He can do There's it all another example of depth too, because just in case Deshaun goes down for a week or something, you got people. You still have receivers. Him. Right. Um but I think that Deshaun is gonna be he's gonna have one of those uh seasons where it's per game he either goes off or he does nothing because I think that his role is one-dimensional. Now, it's not a bad thing because no. you need that role. Yeah. But his role is going to be pretty one-dimensional where he's that over the t- over the uh, he's that vertical down the field, I'm going to catch a 50-yard yeah. bomb guy. Now, there's going to be games where that doesn't connect. There's gonna, you have to expect there's going to be games where Carson doesn't hit him on a 60-yard touchdown. Sure. Or, so there's going to be those games where he doesn't have that many catches, maybe like a catch for a couple yards, like – on a screen or something, but I, th- for the most part, I think he's going to have a good year. He's going to play his role well. He's going to, like, you can't expect too much out of him. I mean, I you got to just know that he's going to fulfill his role. Yeah, that's pretty much all you can ask for. Alshon him. will probably be our most reliable receiver. I mean, outside of the tight ends, because I think we counted the tight ends. Zach Ertz is the most wi- reliable receiver. Oh, yeah. And Goddard can go out and there. And Goddard, too, yeah. But uh, my prediction for the Super Bowl is the Eagles versus the Chiefs. I agree with that. Which, uh... That would be something. I would like to see, because, you know... We could play Andy Reid. Big Red. Now, I was teetering on who I thought would come out of the AFC because, again, I'm optimistic, and I thought the Eagles have no question the potential to come out of the NFC this year. So the AFC, I was thinking the Colts, but uh, and this is going to sound hypocritical because Carson Wentz gets hurt, but I have no faith in Andrew Luck's health. No. Now, again, Carson's gotten hurt too, but Andrew Luck's been in the league longer, and he gets hurt. I think he's gotten hurt almost every year of his career. Yeah, yeah, that guy's totally not reliable. He's been in the league longer, so he's you have more to show that he like in terms of how many times he's been injured. Yeah. But uh, the Colts, I don't have enough faith in in Luck in uh, in Luck's health. No. I don't think this is going to be the. I think this is it, one of those years where the Patriots won't make the Super Bowl because. They always go to the Super Bowl bunch, and then they have those years where they just don't make it. I think this is one of those years, and I think... Uh, you think uh, Billy Belichick's it's, uh, last year? No. I think, you know, de- depending on the kind of year Brady has, maybe it's his last year. Yeah. But I have no reason to believe he won't have a decent year no. or a good year. I mean, I'm never going to doubt Tom Brady again because I get fucking proven wrong every Every time. single time. So I refuse to do it again. But uh, I don't know, man. I feel like Mahomes is going to have... Do I think he's going to throw 50 touchdowns again? No, no. but I think he's going to still be he's still a, a top three quarterback he's in the league this year. He's a great quarterback, man. Don't I mean, you th- wouldn't the Dallas Cowboys rather have him than the, than well, the, sure they than would. the trash Let's quarterback? Let's talk about the Dallas have. Cowboys real quick. Uh, it's, it's really been a funny all-season for them because of the whole Ezekiel Elliott drama where he wants a new deal or he will not play. It's, a, it's totally bad for the organization, too. It's totally great for us. Eagles it's great for us. Because what's going to happen is they're going to overpay for Dak And they're going to maybe lose Zeke, which is the perfect, perfect scenario scenario. for us. Because Zeke's one of the league's best running backs, and Dak Prescott is an average quarterback. Yeah. And you look at the numbers numbers when Dak plays without Zeke, yikes. It's bad. It's pretty bad. I I used to like Prescott. I thought he was a good quarterback, but he's not. 
No, he just. I learned that he's not a good quarterback. Painfully average. Yeah. Maybe worse. Which is great for me. It's great for all Eagles fans. I and this is uh, this is nothing to do with the Cowboys. This is another funny story that's been uh, brewing over the last couple of days. I don't know how much you've been keeping up with the Antonio Brown drama. A little bit. Uh, you saw the helmet drama? Uh, yeah, I saw the helmet. That that dude's a clown, dude. He's a clown. <laughs> I mean, he to, said to say the least. he won't play if he can't wear his yeah. old helmet. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he's a disaster. He's a, uh, who would who would have knew that this dude is such a he, such a bitch? He's an egomaniac. He's a bitch. He's bad for the game. He's he sucks. It, it, he's a great receiver, obviously. No one's doubting that. But just the fact that one day I might have to explain to my children that one of the best <laughs> r- wide receivers of my generation retired because he couldn't wear a certain helmet. Yeah, that's that's gonna sad. be uh, that's gonna be something. That's something to have to explain. Yeah, I mean the two best receivers of our generation, like he's a. And this is this is counting what I can remember. It's probably Calvin Johnson, and maybe Antonio Brown. Calvin Johnson retired young because the Lions sucked that bad. Yeah. And Antonio Brown now might retire pretty young because he can't wear a helmet. Because he can't wear a helmet. You, can, you so, really can't uh, make This has been a weird generation. It's a, you can't make it up. But uh, I'm, He's I, a I can't overstate how excited I am for the Eagles this year. I'm there's, ready, man. There's no more that I can really say about it. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready, for another, I'm ready for another parade on Broadway, Seamus. I'm going to be honest imagine, with you. Dude. I was hoping that the, the Phillies could bring it to us. Maybe not this year. Not Hopefully this year. they... Um, again... We, we're, op- we're optimistic, guys. Sure. I like to think that the Phillies can bring another parade to yeah. Broad Street in the next five years. Yeah. I like that window. I think next year, if they make the Again, right moves, they're going to make the season. right moves. Uh, no, you know, uh, One Republic, all the right moves. Yeah. <laughs> great, great song. It's a great song. It applies to the Phillies right now because I, make all the right moves. I love that you dropped that. <laughs> that, that was a, a good little, one. A little uh, Easter egg right there. Yes, but uh, anyway, the Phillies, ha- I'm not Phillies, the Eagles have the best chance out of any Philadelphia team right now to bring home another title that's undisputed they should uh again i think i don't want again eagles sixers it's a football is so hard because you gotta you know you gotta hope for the health but uh i might go as far as saying this year super bowl or bust i think so i think that that's right anything with less, the roster that they put in. now if we make a super bowl appearance and lose i'd say okay we did what we could yeah you know you never know but i say super bowl appearance or bust this year i agree with that barring like carson wentz tearing his acl again yeah knock on knock on, knock, wood, knock on your find head. some yeah but uh, barring some crazy injury like that, it's Super Bowl appearance or bust. I agree with that. And I think the city should expect nothing less. And I think we will because us Spurs fans are very passionate, you know. Very passionate. But uh, I just want – I'm just closing my eyes at the moment. Literally, you can look at me right now. I'm closing my eyes. Vince I'm, is closing his eyes I am right envisioning now. people climbing greased he's, up holes. He's got his Frankfurt crystal ball. Kopman. He sees uh, Frankfurt and Cotman in about greased how many months? Holes. January? What was it? February. January, Fe- okay, February. So someday in February, it's going to be bedlam, uh, Frankfurt and Cotman again. I'm just, and I won't be fat anymore. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thought. It is a beautiful thought. We just won a Super Bowl two years ago. And it can happen. And now we have another one within our grasp. It might happen. Can you imagine us seeing two Super Bowls in our lifetime? And, our, and this is just the beginning. Everyone else before us, you know, saw none. Saw none. All our dead ancestors that died. This and is for, it's for them. This is for them. They're dead and they never saw... And they hate us, probably. They, Wherever mean, they, they are, they hate us. They probably do because we're spoiled. We're spoiled. We we're saw spoiled. the Phillies win in 08. We saw the Eagles win uh, two years ago. They might win again. What's crazy, too, is... Uh, and let's just throw this in at the end. Uh, we'll wrap up the Eagles talk real quick. Just so we could get a little bit... Uh, Sixers. All right. Sixers probably have the second best odds to bring home a title next year, I'd say. I agree with it, that. Within Philly. Um... So, you know, you lose Jimmy Butler, who turned out to be a fucking coward, who yes. I, I'm disgusted at him. Yeah. I bought his jersey. 
Uh, I better was, return that one, too. Yeah, I, I mean, it was fake. With so, your Arietta? Oh, uh, yeah, with my Arietta shirt seat. But uh, yeah. anyway, I really believe that Jimmy was, like, the perfect fit, like, personality-wise. Like, I loved his personality. He He's was. that gritty guy. He, he wants to win. He wants nothing less. He will hold his teammates accountable to win. I mean, I feel like people were a little bit hard on him calling him, like, a bad teammate because I don't think that's it at all. But. No. Who knew that he would uh, choose to go to Miami for good weather over competing for He's a championship? He's a sellout, dude. He is a complete sellout, a complete coward. I can't believe that he tricked me. He totally got you, didn't he? He did. He got me. He got the rest of the city. But uh, the Sixers are poised for a run this year because the Eastern Conference is open. Kawhi Leonard is gone. Kawhi's gone. Uh, that that leaves the That's Eastern a big Con- deal. That leaves the Eastern Conference to us and Milwaukee. Yeah. I think we are a more talented team than Milwaukee. Can we beat uh, Giannis? Giannis is great. He, uh, I mean, who knows what he'll do against us in the playoffs. He shit the bed a little bit against the Raptors in the playoffs. Uh, Kawhi was locking him up. Now, that's nothing to scoff at. Kawhi Leonard is one of the best defenders in the league. Absolutely. He's not the best defender in the league. So, But uh, Ben Simmons has a good track record on uh, guarding Giannis. Now, Giannis will still go off against the Sixers. Sure. But when Ben specifically guards him, it's pretty well for Ben. And uh, I don't see why we couldn't beat the Bucks. They lost some players. They did add some players. But... Uh, I think we're more talented. Josh Richardson, who we got in the uh, deal with uh, Jimmy Butler, I love him. Uh, we got Ben, who looks like, and again, praying that he adds on a 15-foot jumper at least. His jumper has looked good, but these are open gym videos. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but if he can just add a 15-foot jumper in his repertoire, I don't need him to be taking threes. That yeah. is not his role. Just add a solid 15-foot mid-range jump shot, and Ben Simmons will jump to being one of the best 15 players in this league. I think people shit on the guy. I mean, and they don't take into account his age, too. He's still a young guy. I mean, he's two years in the league, and his first year he won Rookie of the Year, and his second year he was an All-Star. All right, so, I mean... So, like, what what do people have to bitch about? Oh, he can't shoot, he sure. can't shoot. He's young. He still has time to hear. add things onto his game. Yeah, that's but what I'm saying. so he's far young. in his two years, Rookie of the Year, All-Star. Yeah, it's not like the What more can sucks. you ask for? I mean, what are you, what are you, he should have won MVP in his first two yeah. years. He should be scoring 30 points a game in his first two years. Give the guy time to develop. He's almost averaging a triple-double. And he's, he's working on a shot, dude. Right. Uh, I mean, and when you look at other guys from the same rookie uh, class as him, now I'm counting the people that he was competing against for Rookie of the Year because, you know, he was injured his rookie year. Right. So the people he was competing against for uh, Rookie of the Year, I count that as his rookie class. When you look at them guys, who are the top two that people talk about? Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum. Right. Jason Tatum is looked at as he's going to be the next scorer, he's going to be the next Kobe, right. or something like that. Jason Tatum, for his career, averages 14 points a game. You know how many Ben Simmons averages? How many? 16 a game. Okay. So Ben Simmons, who is a pass-first player with no jump shot whatsoever, averages more points than a guy hailed as the next big best scorer in the league. So that totally debunks Right, any... so then you look, and then when you look at anything outside of scoring, uh, Jason Tatum doesn't hold a, hold a light to Ben Simmons no. and his assists, his rebounds, his shooting percentage, no. all Simmons is a better player. So Simmons is clearly better there. There's no argument you can make for Jason Tatum, not a single no. argument. Then you look at Donovan Mitchell. People will hold the argument, oh, well, Donovan Mitchell can shoot threes. Donovan Mitchell, his field goal percentage over his first two years, I believe, is in the low 40s. Yeah, it is. So he's inefficient. He's going to give you 22 points a game, but he's going to take about 30 shots. So, I mean, he's going to average maybe six – for their careers, I believe he averages like six or seven more points than Ben Simmons, right? Which, great, but he's way more inefficient than Ben. Ben shoots about 54% for his career. So he's a better player there, He's more efficient. He might not score as much, but he's going to take better shots, smarter shots. He's going to give you nine assists a game and nine rebounds, which Donovan Mitchell is not doing. No. Donovan Mitchell is a one-dimensional player. He's a scorer who is not efficient. Yeah. And then when you look at Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell, neither of them hold a light to Ben in defense. No. He's, in a, he's on his way to become an elite defender. That's pretty amazing. 
He, I mean, th- that dude really gets shit so, on I mean, by a lot of I'm ready fans. for a year to come out where he's going to add that 15-foot jump shot to his repertoire, maybe push averaging 22, 23 points a game. I could see it. Another another all-star year. And then you look past him, bring him back Tobias Harris, who obviously is one of the best players he's on the great. team. He's great. Uh, I think that he's going to be able to step into a bigger role this year where not having Jimmy around You know, equals more he's shots have for to. him. And I think that he takes full advantage of that, and I think he could make an all-star team this year too. Uh, and then past him, you look at uh, we added Al Horford, who uh, that was you know I'm sure all all Sixers fans we've always loved Al Horford. Oh, we yeah. never talked shit on him. Oh, was no, on the Celtics, no, never, never. Al, if you're listening to this, we we've always loved yeah, you. Yeah, we've never said one disparaging no, thing about. Never him. said one bad Despair thing about your you. team. But when you look at the people we're gonna have defending the rim, Al Horford, who. He's not a bad three-point shooter. I mean, maybe it's just when he plays us, he can shoot threes pretty decently. He's a good mid-range jump shot. He knows how to get to the bucket, and he's a great defender. You're pairing him up with Joel Embiid, who is the best center in the league. Absolutely. Probably the be- not probably the best defensive center in the league, the best offensive center in the league. He's, and it looks like uh, this offseason he's been working to get his body in shape, which yeah. is can the benefit. one thing holding him back. Yeah. And if he gets that he's together. He's got to stop beating a shake shack like yeah, two exactly. in the morning. I don't see why he can't win maybe – MVP this year, depending on what happens. I mean, my pick for MVP is probably going to be like LeBron, yeah, but I can't see why Joel wouldn't finish at the top of those votings, yeah, like sure. right up there with him. He'll be in the conversation as long as he, uh, you know, he, he looked last year. He didn't really have any major injuries, so that's a beautiful sign. Yeah, no, well, the only it's mainly just been his sicknesses, his sickness, which is from yeah. his fucking eating patterns. Yeah. which he looks like he's gonna, you know, fix. It looks like he is fixing. He's working out and stuff a lot. Yeah. I mean, again, this is just what they post on Instagram. It's yet yeah. to be seen, but. I, I think that that, uh, that absurd buzzer beater that Kawhi Leonard hit against us, I mean, we all saw the pictures of Joel crying. He oh, used yeah. it as motivation. He made that his Twitter profile Absolutely. picture for a while. I think that that lit a fire under his ass. Totally. I think that lit a fire under Ben Simmons' ass, and they said, okay, this is what it feels like to make it this far to the playoffs and lose. be within be within the range to win against one of the best teams in the league. They could smell And it. then it get taken away like, just like that. Because yeah. let's be real. I don't want to sound blindly optimistic. If the Sixers beat the Raptors, I easily think we beat the Bucks. In that uh, in that series, because I think we matched up against the Bucks better. Uh, and then you go against the Warriors, and I'm not going to say we would have won that series, but I mean, if Kevin, if all them injuries still happen to the Warriors, yeah. the Sixers, the Sixers win the finals. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if those injuries, if it, you know, barring the different circumstances, if don't, if those injuries don't happen. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, we match up pretty well against the Warriors, but we I actually mean, do match up. You well. never know what would have happened, but if they get all those injuries, the Sixers could have won the finals. They could have. And it's like if you're Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you're sitting back. As the guys on this team, because they are the guys. They are the future. They're hungry. And they're thinking, you know, we were right there, dude. It was it was right here, that crazy I think they're going to use that as motivation. You got to. There's no other way around it. You have to use that as motivation. But uh, this is going to be a fun year in the NBA. One of them, I honestly, this is going to be one of the best years in the NBA in recent memory in our in our time, like as far back as we can remember. Because there's no one team that is like the clear-cut favorite. Right. Like for the that's last, what I love. The last couple of years, it's been the uh, – it's been the, Golden the Warriors. Before that, it was the Miami Heat. Yeah. Before that, it was the Lakers, the Celtics, the Spurs in the 2000s. The Lakers, again, early 2000s. And that's the one thing I didn't and like this, about the NBA was it's too okay, predictable. This team's going to win. We already know. Right. But this year, you look at it. you got the Clippers who are going to compete with Kawhi and Paul George and a great roster. The Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron. The Nets. Even the, like, the Nets in the... I mean, the Nets, maybe not this year because Kevin Durant's going to miss this year. Yeah. But they will but be But still, competing. they're set you up at, to... You look at them. You look at us. You look at... The Bucks, look at, again the Clippers, the Lakers, the Rockets who just added Russell Westbrook, yep. the Jazz who have put together a pretty good roster. There's a lot of good uh, teams. This There's year. seven teams that could compete 
for the title this year, and that's very exciting because, like I said, the NBA has always been one of them sports where you're just like, okay, like it's an exciting sport to watch, but it's like at the end of the day, I know who's going to take home yeah, the title. We're already it's gonna be the Warriors, or it's going to be the Cavs. Yeah, I mean the Cavs never they won once, but but still they were always you in knew they were going to be there. Yeah, because LeBron. But this is going to be a fun year, and again, it's opti- it's, it's, I'm optimistic because the Sixers are one of the best teams in the league. I don't see any reason why we can't compete for the title this year. And this So, Eagles, Eagles have the best Sixers. chance of uh, bringing, say, right, uh, bringing they, home our next championship. The, the Sixers, Sixers are in be second next, place, and the Phillies and are in third place. The Flyers, uh, we're not big hockey guys. Uh, hopefully, they can get it together. You know why we're not big hockey guys? Because, because the Flyers have sucked yeah, almost our whole lives. It's their own fault. They've sucked almost our whole lives. Yes. They they had some years where they were they were exciting to watch, like uh, 2010, 2009. Yeah. But besides that, besides those like three, th- that three year stretch, they've, they've given us hard, nothing. They've given me nothing to be a fan about, right? And I'm sure that you know if they can ever pull out of the the trenches and compete, sure, the French fans will we'll come be, out. We'll, we'll come out. We're French. Let's be honest. We're French hockey fans. Oh, absolutely. Fans. I'm a French hockey fan. I'm not gonna. There's people, there's people that are ashamed. I'll tell you right now, I'm a fringe basketball fan, too. Yeah, I don't, sure, I, I don't watch the Sixers. I didn't watch the Sixers during the process. I'm, yeah, I'm I, I, I because, did because I, I love baseball. I, I love I, basketball. I don't want to watch a team that's going to win six games. But uh, there's a lot to be optimistic about in Philadelphia right now. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get ready to wrap up here. But uh, we're just happy to be back. Yes, we're we gonna, are. We're going to start uh, focusing on uh, finding a schedule so that you, we can you're gonna get hear a lot the content more you deserve. You're gonna hear a lot more from us. You've stuck with us through uh, the good and the bad times, through our little uh, little breaks, little breaks and peaks and valleys. And but but we this is what we love at the end of the day, and we're gonna try our best to try to be here to stay. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't want to go away anymore. We, we gotta wanna, give you guys the content. We want to be the biggest pains in your asses in the world. So we're gonna try to keep staying. Yep. So uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, yeah. Any any again? Any final thoughts, Seamus? Well, my final add? thoughts is I want to thank you guys for uh, bearing with us through. Um, through these little breaks, and uh, we're right. excited to be back. And Eric Creighton needs to lose some weight. He does. Uh, so that's all for uh, from uh, Underdog Sports. We will hopefully you guys will hear back from us soon. Uh, stay tuned on our Twitter. We're gonna get that back up and running. Yes. Uh, we're gonna be tweeting out schedule. Yep. So uh, go birds. Go birds. Let's go, Phils.